This is the VIP Late Lunch with Lee Sterry on the Voice of Niagara, News Talk 610 CKTB. Good afternoon. It is a Thursday, final day of November 2017. Thursday uh, just after 1 o'clock, of course, always means that legal matters. Legal always matters. With Chris Richard of Graves & Richard, uh, Niagara's largest personal injury law firm. Um, good day. Uh, good afternoon. You you survived last Black Friday, but barely, I understand. <laughs> That's right. What happened? <laughs> well, for the first time in a couple of years, I decided to uh, cross the border and do a little Black Friday shopping, yeah. and, and I went with uh, another lawyer in my firm, and uh, <laughs> he actually has really young children, so he, he went into the store children's place to look for some clothes for okay. his kids, <laughs> and uh, and I was in there for a minute and decided to, to leave, because uh, I don't have young children <laughs> anymore, and uh, just after I left, I guess a, an actual fist fight broke out <laughs> between two customers. A good old-fashioned Black Friday female fist fight. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I guess I missed the action, but... Uh, I suppose uh, we shouldn't laugh at fisticuffs in malls, but it it just conjures up one of those pictures. It, that, it really does. Yeah. And, uh, I couldn't believe the amount of people out, out shopping, and... Uh, there were some good deals, but not as many as it seemed there were in prior years. But, Interesting. Uh, okay. But I, I just go for the adventure of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're a bigger man than I, Charlie Brown. Uh, we're talking uh, contingency fees today, that meaning how lawyers get paid. That's always an interesting thing for both sides, both the lawyers and the people that do the paying. Yeah, and the reason we're talking about it today is because it's in the news once again, and uh, and not in a negative way. <laughs> it's in the news because uh, there's some reforms coming out, and we've had some prior shows uh, about a year ago, I think, where we talked about this issue, mm-hmm. but we, we talked about it uh, in the context of uh, there was a private member's bill before the uh, provincial legislature right, seeking right, right. to implement some some caps yeah. and and really re- restrict the way that uh, contingency fees are used in the province of Ontario. And at the time we talked about it, I expressed some real concerns about that because ultimately contingency fees are about access to justice and making sure that people are able to get legal services mm-hmm. uh, and able to hopefully get compensation. And we viewed any restriction on those as really assisting the insurance company because it was likely uh, going to result in people not being able to get legal representation. Okay. So uh, the Law Society has decided to uh, do an investigation. Uh, they commissioned a report. Uh, and the report has now been released dealing with contingency fees and coming up with some recommendations. And the recommendations are pretty interesting. So today I thought we'd yeah. spend some time talking about those. Well, it's good to come full circle and like complete the loop of information here. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, just to kind of review a little bit, uh, you know, what is a contingency fee? And it's not used in every area, area of the law. But in litigation matters, so uh, where someone is seeking damages uh, mm-hmm. from a court, uh, they're they're used quite regularly. And in my area of practice, something in the neighborhood of ninety nine to almost a, a almost a hundred percent of every claim that I deal with is on a contingency fee basis, and that means that uh, the billing isn't done on an hourly rate. So mm-hmm. we we hear sometimes about what seems like astronomical hourly rates uh, yeah. for lawyers. Yeah. And in a contingency fee practice, there's kind of no such thing because the billing isn't done on an hourly rate. So instead, the billing is done on a percentage of uh, recovery. So uh, 
in my firm, the kind of standard contingency fee agreement is 30% of the amount recovered. That was, that was me hammering my microphone, by the way, just in case you're wondering what's going on in here. Okay. Sorry. sorry. Uh, the, in your firm, it, the percentage is, again? 30%, 30. of the amount uh, that's recovered. So that's the amount of the damages uh, recouped. And in addition, we expect uh, the defendant to contribute to that. And in typical cases, we expect the defendant to pay about half of the total fee. That's kind of the, the typical arrangement. Run-of-the-mill run of average, yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you come in my office, that's the type of discussion we're going to have about fees. Okay. And that means a couple of things. It's a contingent fee. So if I'm not successful and my client doesn't get any money as a result of the lawsuit, then uh, 30% of zero is right. zero. Gotcha. So uh, the lawyer is taking some risk along with the client, mm -hmm. um, which is different than a typical retainer for services type agreement. Uh, second thing is, because of that risk and because of kind of apportioning uh, the damages received, rather than calculate an hourly rate, uh, we take this percentage. So sometimes that percentage uh, means that the lawyer is very well compensated, and sometimes that percentage means that the lawyer is not particularly well compensated, depending on how long it takes to resolve a matter, how much time is required to be put into it. Sure. Um, and from the lawyer's practice standpoint, th those things kind of even out over the course of the entire practice, yep. right? Yep. Yep. Um, for the client, it also gives them security to know that you know their legal f fees aren't going to eat up the entirety of their settlement. Uh, that at most. I'm going to pay 30% of my settlement yeah, to, uh, yeah. to the lawyer. Because that, 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 you're right. When you kicked it off at the beginning, people think, oh, every time I pick up the phone, he's charging me 500 bucks or whatever it is. You yeah. know? But that doesn't happen in, 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 this, in this practice. Yeah. And I find it completely liberating. <laughs> well, yeah. Because you know, when I pick up the phone and call my client or my client calls me, I don't then have to go to my computer and say, Point one start, of an hour. Yeah, yeah. Right? Start the clock running. Yeah, yeah. I can just have a conversation, and uh, and it, how much time that conversation takes doesn't impact my bill to the client. And, sure. And it, like I say, for me, it's it's liberating, and I think it is for the clients too, because I don't have to think about that clock going in the yeah, back of I, their head. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. So um, that represents the current regime, but there's some concerns with the current regime. Okay. Right? Uh, that the law society is dealing with. So a few of them. Uh, we have first transparency. So uh, the amount of discussion and the amount of disclosure that's done from law firm to law firm, from lawyer to lawyer, isn't standardized in the province. So uh, a lot of clients don't necessarily understand completely what the contingency fee agreement is and how it actually works in practice. And in terms of standardization, it can be described in different ways, and it's very difficult for clients to compare law firm A to law firm B to know uh, what's what's fair. Uh, second issue is complexity. Mm -hmm. So uh, the Law Society wants to make these agreements understandable to everybody and uh, and make the math so it's not complicated. Well, that's always good. Yeah. Well, for 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 us laymen, it's good. I don't know about you, but yeah. Well, no, I mean, it should be easy for everybody. Everybody should yeah. be able to, uh, with no more than a than a calculator, be able to determine in ten seconds what the fee is going to be. Yeah. It should be that simple. Yep. Okay. And uh, and then the other issue is uh, non-compliance, which is to say that 
even though their agreements are regulated, the Law Society has some concerns that not all firms are, are following the letter of the law when it comes to, to charging. And I, that's something that frustrates me as well. Don't forget, if you need to get in touch with Chris at any time, give him a holler over the email, crichard at gravesandrichard.com. Uh, Chris, we were talking about contingency fees. Uh, we talked about this a while ago. There were some concerns from the, the Law Society of some proposed legislation, etc. We've gone through the concerns. Now we're going to solutions. That's right. Okay. The Law Society of Ontario, of course. Oh, of Ontario. Not of Upper Canada, not of Canada, of Ontario. We already we established that last week, didn't we? Yeah. Okay. I don't get many opportunities to use the new term. Okay. Um, well, I just did that for you. So, um, so the first thing they're doing is putting in uh, transparency requirements. And uh, some of these things will be pretty interesting. So uh, lawyers, when they charge a contingency fee, will be required uh, to post the maximum percentage that they charge on their website. That's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. So, uh, And I think, actually, it could present some, some real opportunities in the industry. So I, I'm... Uh, you know, as we try and mull some of these proposals over in our mind. But one of the things right now that clients really don't have the opportunity to do very easily is shop around. Yeah, comparison shopping. Yeah. yeah. And it's a, it's a thing of constant frustration for me in that making sure that they're actually comparing apples to apples because some people, some lawyers will express maybe a lower fee. They'll say, we only charge 20% or 25% as our fee but what they're actually doing is charging that plus the insurance contribution to the bill, which means their bill might be as high as 40%. Oh, I see, yeah. Uh, but they're, the way they're able to express it, it actually sounds like a lower number. Yeah, it's like there's fine print there. Yeah. so and it's But you fru- can't see. And it's frustrating for me because we, for years we've tried to be very transparent and we've tried to make sure that uh, the client can do this math kind of in a, 10 seconds on a, on a calculator. And sometimes I feel like we've been at a competitive disadvantage because we're being honest. Mm -hmm. And uh, so uh, this is interesting that on every firm's website, you have to post what the maximum you charge is. Including all fees. Right, in a a standardized manner. Okay. Uh, And that's... That's uh, good. Yeah, I I think it's really, really interesting. The other thing that they're doing is the Law Society is going to be proposing and implementing a mandatory standard form contingency fee agreement. So the agreement that you'll have with my firm in terms of the the terms of how the agreement is going to work Mm -hmm. would be identical to any other firm that's doing this type of work in the province of Ontario. Now, of course, competitively, you could change the amount that is charged right. uh, in terms of the actual percentage of the fee. But in terms of how that fee is calculated, it will be mandated to be exactly the same for every firm in the province. Cool. So yeah. it really levels the playing field and makes sure that the client is always comparing apples to apples. Very good. Um, they'd also... Uh, um, other transparency things there's going to be a mandatory know your rights documented document uh, drafted by the law society and if you're going to enter into a contingency fee agreement uh, this pamphlet is going to have to be given to the client uh, so that uh, on behalf of the law society uh, Mm -hmm. this information is being commuted communicated directly to the client and um there will be disclosure requirements at the end. So when the fee is actually charged, the lawyers are going to have to show exactly how they calculated that fee 
uh, how they got there, uh, show the math, so to speak. Yeah, if yeah. we were in school, you'd have to show the math. Yeah, to, to, to indicate the fact that they've actually followed the plan. Yeah. 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 So, um, in terms of, of uh, some other things, they gave a lot of consideration to uh, capping the fee which is something uh, I mentioned off the top we were pretty concerned about mm-hmm. because uh, the proposal, actually, uh, in the private member's bill that was uh, introduced to the legislature, uh, I believe, was to cap uh, the fees at 15%, um, which uh, people look at that and they say, well, lawyers, maybe we'll just make less money. Believe me, I recognize that lawyers as a group are not the most sympathetic of characters in society mm-hmm. all, all of the time. <laughs> I think politicians are still a little below lawyers, but it's close, right? <laughs> politicians give lawyers somebody to look down on. <laughs> um, so that's, a, that's what Winnipeg has said about Regina. All those. <laughs> but, so I understand that and no one is going to shed a tear because a lawyer is restricted from charging a fee. Uh, but that's really not the issue um, because lawyers have to be able to earn enough money on a particular file to make it worthwhile to do the work to yeah. do the work sure right i mean just like you know if someone offers you a job for two dollars and fifty cents an hour um you're not going to take that job mm-hmm. uh you're going to instead take a job that's paying a more a more appropriate uh, hourly rate so um it, the real concern with caps is about access to justice and about if you do that, are you going to take an entire class of claims and simply make it unavailable for legal services? Yeah, that makes sense. And I used I used the example, if a claim is valued at about $10,000, and uh, if it's a 30% contingency fee, that might bring a fee mm-hmm. of, of $3,000. If it takes two years' worth of legal work to get that done, it's still not a highly profitable file, um, but it's a file that... Uh, probably still would get some representation and likely would get resolved. If you cut that in half and then took a two-year investment on a contingent basis, so if you don't win, you don't get paid. Yeah. And uh, and, if you, and, and if you do win, you get paid You get less. paid $1,500 yeah. for a couple of years' worth of legal work. Why would you spend your time on that when you could spend your time on a, Makes sense, uh, yeah. on a more sure. valuable file? And I, I'm not trying to sound... Uh, you know, harsher. No, I understand like that, what it will. What it would do. It would take. Uh, in a lot of cases, it would take firms like like yours and others out of the running to help out people that could could use it. That's right. That's so right. And it makes perfect sense. And right now, with there not being caps, we're able to we're able to come up with those. Another example is uh, we will do some work for people with uh, Canada Pension Plan disability denials. Mm-hmm. And uh, for those, we actually charge a, a higher rate. We charge the maximum allowable under law, which right now is up to half of the of the amount received. Okay. But what we do in those cases is we charge 50% of the arrears. So if you've been denied for a period of two years, as an example, uh, we will get work on that, get you reinstated. We're charging 50% of the arrears, but we don't take a dollar for the future. Okay. So if you're 40 years old and disabled, we're taking 50% of two years, which is likely in the neighborhood about $10,000, but you'd then be entitled to benefits for the next 25 years for which uh, we don't take any payment. So it allows us to do that. If we were restricted to taking you know, 15%, well, 
the solution for us is we simply wouldn't, on a financial basis, mm-hmm. be able to take those types of claims. So um, we're, we're quite thankful that the Law Society looked at that and actually agreed with that recommendation and, and said that in other jurisdictions which have implemented CAPS, the result has been people have not been able to get representation on some of these types of claims. So they've got data to back it up. Yeah. Okay. And, and they simply decided that they, they weren't going to go in that direction. Okay, good. Okay. Yep, got it. So uh, at, at the current moment, these are recommendations. Uh, there has to be uh, some uh, government action in order to make uh, all of the particular recommendations law, but uh, we expect that to happen. I attended a conference a couple of weeks ago, and there was a little bit of uh, grumbling about some of the uh, the provisions. But uh, uh, speaking, you know, solely for myself, I, I actually think it it really does help protect the public. One and, one wonders why that um, it has taken this long. I mean, your uh, contingency fees have been part of uh, p- part of the uh, the ether for quite some time actually not not as long as you'd think no no oh. uh, in Ontario they've simply been openly uh, permitted and regulated uh, for l- less than 15 years oh okay yeah I so, thought it was longer than that well I think in practice in one form or another they've been around uh, probably as long as tort litigation has been going on but in terms of the the government and the law society taking a role in trying to regulate them i think the first uh, regulations came out in 2004 mm-hmm. so uh, we are uh, in terms of this still in our infancy okay and so for the law society to at this point say hey can, are there some things we can do to make this um, better for the lawyers in some respect and protect the public now seems to be an appropriate time because we have a whole body of, of history right. uh, to draw on. All right. Chris Richard, Legal Matters here at 610 CKTB. The VIP Late Lunch continues.